Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Joel Alcon and save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special featuring myself, Dennis and Rob Friesen of Bright Trading. We'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader, the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use and how we prepare for our trading day and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. What day is it? It's hump day. That's right. Pre-market prep here. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, We are going to talk about retail earnings. We are in the season. We have lows uh, following, in in a sense, Home Depot from yesterday. Uh, We have Target this morning. We have TJX this morning. After the close today, we have um, L Brands or what remains of the company formerly known as L Brands. We've also got NVIDIA. We've got Robinhood. We want to talk some biotech stocks that we think look okay. And we'll take questions from our chat. Gil Morales is our guest today. He is the author of the Gilmo Report. He will join the show at 8.35. Before I throw it to Joel, two quick PSAs. PSA number one, this Saturday, three hours. Pre-market prep Saturday extravaganza. Link is in the description. Available to all wherever you are, U.S. or international. Again, 9 to noon. Dennis, Joel, Rob Friesen, Mitch. I'll be at a wedding. Three hours. Link in description. Second PSA is today is not going to be a normal day on our stream. After this show ends, we have the Benzinga Reopening Stocks Summit today and tomorrow. Today we're going 9 to 5 profiling dozens of reopening plays so that'll be coming up next here on our channel after this show but that being said let's throw it to joel bring up joel's charts here and he will update us on how we are doing in the pre-market session good morning joel uh good morning spencer tame overnight session uh we're only in the red by a couple handles at 44 41 uh we didn't get to the uh the uh intraday high from yesterday and we came nowhere near uh that intraday low so a little market digestion here after a couple red openings on monday and tuesday a little bit different outcomes uh crude up 84 cents at 67.18 uh just trying to get back into that 68 handles kind of stumbling at yesterday's high uh gold just kind of sneaks its way back up to 1800 but uh can't get through that's up a buck at 1788.80 uh silver just hanging out trying to get into the 24 handle that's up eight cents at uh, 2374 bitcoin uh just a mild pullback off the high down 650 at 44,870 and ethereum's going the same way that's down $102.50 at 3021 so retail earnings and you know Dennis I guess a lesson from today is when a stock in your sector has a bad report and it gets hit, be careful what you're hitting off that report. And I'm referring yeah. to, uh, referring to Home Depot and Lowe's. Holy yeah. macro, what a change. I mean, Home Depot, 
obviously gets hit on the earnings. Believe it or not, Lowe's was down more than Home Depot on Home Depot's numbers. I, my, I had multiple traders saying that this is nuts. You know, like Lowe's hasn't even reported yet. And they're hitting Lowe's harder on the Home Depot report. So obviously we know Home Depot, they were disappointed with the results, it got hit, Lowe's got hit really hard on the Home Depot numbers. So the bar sat incredibly low for Lowe's by Home Depot. What do they do? Easily, easily get over that bar. And the stock snaps back the entire losses from yesterday. Um, so low hanging fruit. I'm kind of mad at myself because I thought about taking it long into the report because I just thought that, you know what, they've hit it this hard. I'm like, even if they say anything remotely okay, this is going to snap back. And that's exactly what it does. But I didn't have the guts to take it into the report. I should have. Um, congratulations to the Longs who saw that. We got lows trading up 4%, up 7 bucks on the report. Am I buying it now? No, I don't buy rips. I buy dips. The dip yesterday was to be bought. If I owned it, I would probably sell it into this rip here this morning and collect your 4% and be happy about it. But wow. Um, I mean, the reports themselves actually weren't that much different. It's just that all expectations were high for Home Depot. And then they were extreme. After one day, they were extremely low for lows and they easily get over that bar. Uh, full disclosure, I've uh, been a shareholder of Lowe's for quite some time. I, I can't remember how long. Joel's uh, like Warren Buffett. He has all these positions here long term that he's had for decades. But uh, so the numbers were they were similar numbers. I didn't drill into them. I was just wondering if maybe well, a little bit better, a little bit better. Give, give I mean, us the number, Spencer. I mean, potato, potato, right? Semantics. They're they both. Okay. The point is, they're both good. Lowe's beat on their EPS, beat on their sales, and put it too. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. And uh, the comp speed as well. I think Home, Home Depot's comps were late, I think, if I remember. Maybe not. Uh, also, Lowe's gave guidance uh, for, for the year, sales guidance. And the sales guidance that they gave, um, if you compare it to pre-COVID levels, 2019, it's basically a 30% increase. So they are not just back. They are ahead of where they were pre-COVID, which I guess... Mm -hmm. I, I wonder I, if it's I, regional. Is it? I mean, they are they're pretty much all over the place, aren't they? Both of them, I know. Everywhere. They're, they're, they're almost there. beside each other. The Home Depot yeah. knows. They're everywhere. It, it's just expectations. The, you take these reports and you look at each other, and they're not that much different. But you know, everybody's expecting, oh yeah, home builders are killing it, and then they don't. Home Depot doesn't kill it. They nail the stock, and then Lowe's comes out and does okay, and they rally it all back because oh, they were expecting well, Home Depot didn't kill it with Lowe's and probably going to miss too. And they don't. They come out and their numbers were decent and they rally it all the way back. This game is all about expectations. It's tough. Boy, it's boy. all about expectations. Sometimes it's easy though. This wasn't tough. This was an easy one. And I'm really ticked off myself because I thought it. I was like, I should go along to this report. You know, obviously when we're talking on the show yesterday, we didn't know that Home Depot and Lowe's were going to get slammed all day. But they got hit so hard. I mean, lows closed at the lows. We're saying lows so many times. It's driving me nuts. But $182 got down to. The expectations were just so incredibly low for the last time. Dennis, could you have uh, uh, got a, an index against it? How? I mean, like, you know, lows again. I mean, what what do you hedge? Lows or Home well, Depot? Well, you can't. So here's the funny thing. And, you know, we can talk about stuff like this on Saturday. When you have two peers, it's basically Home Depot and Lowe's. You know, it's like Coke and Pepsi, Home Depot, Lowe's, Ford and General Motors. Yes, there's other automakers, but two that are very closely linked. When the one already reports, 
you, now you're not going to have the sympathy moving Home Depot because you have the sympathy mm -hmm. moving Lowe's because like, oh, Lowe's is going to miss. Well, we already know Home Depot's numbers. So it's not surprising that Home Depot is not snapping back here today. It's not all of a sudden like, whoa, let's buy Home Depot because <laughs> Lowe's just beat. And, you know, Home Depot, oh, oh, no, they already reported. So this is where newer traders that are trading relationships and pairs get con confused to a certain extent. And they'll hedge themselves with a company that previously reported, and that's not going to work in an earnings play. It works It works to hedge yourself when the company hasn't reported because okay. it, it dictates those expectations for the report. But if the company has already reported, like Home Depot, you're not going to have any expectations in there. The company's already reported with three months from the next quarter. So it's not like, oh, those did really good. Let's buy Home Depot. No, we already know they reported. So it's not surprising that Home Depot does not snap back here today. So you got to watch your hedges. So there was no hedge for Lowe's. Okay. The call was just to buy Lowe's. <laughs> that was the, it. The odds were that even if they missed, well, the expectations were so low from yesterday that, you know, were they going to slam it? And the odds are that they weren't going to miss. And they come out and they beat and they beat. And they, well, they just beat and beat, beat on top, beat on the bottom. And they snap it back. So sometimes you just got to go with the odds. The odds were that Lowe's is likely to rally on this report. All right. I'm just going to give you the some quick numbers. This is a tough one. Uh, Pre-market high is 192. So, of course, that's your first target. Uh, if it, if it, you know, my natural instinct would be, man, these people that got slammed for two days, boy, they're getting their money back on one report. Uh, I know what I would be doing, but uh, 192. And I really can't give you anything above that. But for the next couple days, like if Lowe's is, you know, they're just going to separate it themselves. They're going to diverge and Lowe's is going to go back over 200. You're going to clear out this 194, 195 seller. That's really the major resistance that you got to keep an eye on. On the downside, I'm just going to give you support for today. And that's yesterday's high. That's a long, I guess that's not too far away. 87.85 on the gap fills. So that's what I'm looking at. Up eight, uh, out. Uh, up 844 so boom got to get through that pre-market high though folks 192 can we talk uh target here for a second mm -hmm. uh, and i want to actually talk target within the context of of same thing within the context of walmart because uh we had yep. yesterday target this morning targets numbers were good not really a surprise mm. there right their eps beat their sales beat they also announced a 15 billion dollar buyback who knocked this thing down to 242 on that report? Hmm. I don't know. There's our earnings overshoots all over the place. Okay. But, Can I give you, know, you a look at Walmart? You didn't really have any indications. So people say, well, the, you know, Target was down a little bit yesterday. Why didn't they not snap back on that one? Well, Walmart didn't get killed to the tune like Home Depot did yesterday. Walmart was basically flat. So you really didn't get, they were like, yeah, wishy washy. You know, they were really couldn't figure out whether they liked the Walmart report or they didn't. So it didn't change any expectations for Target. And then Target, you know, does get hit a little bit, but, you know, it gets hit more here because the expectations, the Target run in the last two months has been nothing short of incredible too. I mean, we were 210 to 265. I know if you guys are, you know, into growth stocks, you know, maybe you say, oh, you know, a 20% move isn't much. For Target, that's a big move. It's had a huge run in this quarter. So it's not surprising that, you know, it might give a little bit of it back. Would I be a buy the dipper on target? Probably. Um, would yeah. I, do I wish I would have bought it at 242 this morning? Obviously. But I don't know. You're in the middle of nowhere here at 250. So I, give you I really could cool see stat? it fell in the gap. I could see it going back and retesting 242. 
They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. No I, I, I want to give you a cool stat here. This is from uh, Rahul Sharma. He's a great Twitter follow at Retail Guru. He's a former Wall Street guy who just knows the space really well. Uh, comparing Walmart, Target, and Amazon, okay? Um, in the second quarter, Walmart's e-commerce sales increased 9%. Target's e-commerce sales increased 10%. Amazon's e-commerce sales increased 23%, and Amazon got crushed on its report. <laughs> so <laughs> it just goes to show that the big get bigger, and sometimes expectations aren't aligned. But um, it's just all about expectations <laughs> this market. Everything is about expectations. And the Amazon report was was considered such a a, a disappointment. And yet they are gaining market share. They're already the leader, and yet they are gaining even more market share from their two biggest competitors in the e-commerce market in the U.S., right? Target Walmart. So, the biggest me, trouble, just before you give the numbers. Go, go ahead. Give the numbers. I'm going to give it. I was just going to say no, I I, 250. I mean, yeah, you took it out. You went to 242. I don't know. That was an overshoot. But the stock has been comfortably holding 250 since early July. So it's a battle of 250. If it, you know, after this incredible run, a nice, you know, half number like that, whole number, whatever you want to call it, it's been holding up with support. It looks like it's given way here. So I important for low our target today to uh to hold this 250. Doesn't look like it's gonna do it right now. It holds 250, turns it way up, then it's still good. Below 250, I don't know. I don't know really where you can find a place to go with this thing. I do see some other daily lows, but I'm just giving 250 and then well, what was the low from yesterday? Uh fifty-two oh five if you're looking for a gap fill. Go ahead, Dennis. It's just this market just doesn't seem to care about like it's it's not about the fundamentals. It's not about oh, this company's cheap and this company's expensive. It's all about the narrative. It's all about the story. You know, Mitch talks about this. I mean, this is just what carries stocks. You know, it starts to get hot. We hear COVID stock, you know, it starts to go, and then Moderna and Novavax start to get hot. Then we get a you know a breaking. You know, from from Norway or wherever that study was, that oh, there's side effects. You know, that kidney problems with some people who are having the Moderna shot, uh, the mRNA. So you know, and it's been hit since then. I mean, everything is just all about story. Story is the number one driver for everything. Bring up Regeneron. I mean, Regeneron's a cheap stock. It's been a cheap stock forever. Gilead as well. It's a cheap stock. It's been a cheap stock forever. But you're now getting driven. By the COVID story, once again, full disclosure, I am long REG and I've been long for about a month. Why? Because I thought the COVID story with the narrative coming with Delta was going to get hot again. And that story has got hot again, obviously, with cases increasing. Um, you know, you look at the stock and it's challenging an all-time high here. This is, you know, been a cheap stock for a while. It's trades 11 times earnings. It's got a market cap of, I think, of $60 billion. It's... Um, you know, reasonably priced, very reasonably priced, but the story is getting hot. And that's why when you want to get long is, you know, getting ahead of the story. I mean, Chris Camilo specializes. We talked dumb money. We've had him on a few times. It's very good at this, finding what stories are going to get hot. You know, where is money going to flow? And the stories get hot and everything blasts off uh, or those stocks blast off. And that's what seems to matter. So you're sitting here just crunching numbers, um, you know, it, it, it's a it's fun it's a fun exercise to crunch numbers but in this market it just doesn't seem to matter so it will all matter fundamentals do matter i'm not saying they don't matter but in this tape in this retail driven market which it has been a retail driven market it's more about story 
So you I don't know. know. I look at stock like Regeneron. It's not surprising that the stock is moving up in this environment right now when we're seeing cases of Delta and, and this, the, the cocktail therapy that Regeneron has appears to help. You know what's interesting is, is these vaccine stocks, they're all going one at a time, right? Moderna went to the moon and came back down. Yeah. Pfizer made a new all-time high, and then I guess it's still there. Yeah, it's um, now, now, now you're looking at Regeneron, which is not not a vaccine, but they've got the, the antibody cocktail, so it's a, yeah. you know, a treatment nonetheless, right? Regeneron looks at looks like it wants to get to a new all-time high, right? It's close. Yeah. Um, no, wait, it's there. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, well, it it's is. close. It's right yes, there. Uh, hmm. I just want to give you that number. Someone got real excited here. Took it to 670. What a nice round number that is. A little bit of ah, some volume traded. This is not a heavily uh, traded stock, but uh, let's just focus on um, the all-time high right now, 666.64. And uh, that's currently where you're trading. So there's your breakout. Uh, that first target, 670. I've seen this thing do a lot of a lot of different things in the past, so it'd be important uh, for the for like the first fifteen minutes. You want to see this thing take out that six seventy and keep yeah. on going. A lot of people sitting a lot of profits, and it had a really nice day yesterday. Uh, adding, you know, went had a low of six twenty four, closed at uh, six forty seven forty four. It's hard to be the buyer now. I mean, now yeah. if you're coming in, you're chasing it. You needed to get in this. We talked about this two three weeks ago when I bought it. Um, just saying, I think that story is going to get hot. You know, it's actually, it's funny. It's been such a tough market to invest in. And I know everybody looks S&Ps and like, oh, time highs, everybody's doing good. But this is not the same SPY that it was back in January. Like, remember when I said, you know, I did the exercise and looking at my long-term portfolio and had like 100 stocks in my long-term portfolio. And I was up in 97 of them. I was like, I'm not a genius investor. It's just the fact that everything is making new all-time highs. We are not in that market anymore. We are not in Kansas anymore because we're still at all-time highs in the S&P. And I probably got 20. You know, I, I'm, I'm down because, I, I, you know, I raised a lot of cash. I'm down to maybe like 60 or 70 positions in the long-term portfolio. I bet you there's 20 of them I'm down in now. So there it is not, you know, all roses and it's not all, uh, it's not like it was back in January. This market is not made up of everything making new highs. It's made up of Apple, some of the mega caps, some of them, some, some stocks making new highs, but a lot of stocks have been hit really hard. Regeneron is one that's helping my portfolio, but I have some other ones that haven't been helping. You know, obviously I put some Fisker in there. It's been terrible. Anything EV has been terrible. I mean, look at the turn in the lithium stocks too. We talked about them a few days ago. They had these ridiculous runs, LTHM, LAC. They gave it all back in three days. LAC breaks out, blow off top. I'm long it still, 2075, and all the way back down to 15 in three days. These are some violent little sell-offs in in some smaller companies. Wait, can can I just finish the vaccine thought for a second? So they're all kind of going here one at a time, right, was my point. So you look at who hasn't really gone. Well, Dennis mentioned this the other week. We talked about this Novavax, right? Hasn't really gone. AstraZeneca is, hasn't really, haven't really gone, right? So why? I don't know. But the other ones have. Well, I'll tell you why on AstraZeneca. It's too big of a company. No, you said that about Pfizer, Dennis. Yeah, Pfizer. You said that true. about Pfizer. We're at all-time highs. Yeah, it's true. But also the AstraZeneca one isn't even, you know, allowed basically in North America. So it's been it's been the the dog of the vaccines. Let's let's call it what it is. I mean, we were using it in Canada at one time and they and they got rid of the US never authorized it. 
So it's, you know, it's being used in Europe a lot, but the Pfizer and the Moderna have proved to be a superior vaccine, at least so far. So it's not surprising that they haven't gotten the lift off of, off of their vaccine. I think AstraZeneca is up just because all drug stocks are up. I don't think they've got much of a lift from their vaccine at all. I mean, look at GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. That's come yeah. back a long ways. It's, they're not riding a COVID wave. No, and just to be clear, I, I understand that Novavax doesn't have an approved vaccine yet. Um, but if they were to get it, who knows? No, I, I, I said that. I made that argument. Yeah. Um, you know, the approval on this, this thing could pop. So I made the argument to buy Novavax in the low 200s. Although I still can't. I mean, it, it's a little bit of a crapshoot because what if they don't get approved? You know, does it gap down 30%? Like they say, no, we're not approving this, you know, and then all of a sudden, I don't know. Who knows? It could get approved and go down. I mean, you know, the the way. I think it gets approved, I think it goes up, but I just don't think approval is a guarantee. Right. So, because it's not like we're hurting here now. Like, think about how it was more easily approved when we needed something. Now we have vaccines. So the the bar is going to be raised a little bit for these approvals, I would think. You know, when we had nothing approved before. You know, obviously, even, you know, on all these drugs, I mean, all these were not just straight up approvals. Right, Spencer? Like these were these well, they're were not, um, they're all they're all um, emergency use authorization. Emergency use. all. Yeah, they're not even because yeah. the side effects are still, you know, and this is why the anti-vaxxers, you know, have a point. I mean, they're still, you know, we've only been six months with these. We don't know long term side effects. I just weighed risk reward and saying, well, we know that COVID doesn't do you very good. So I'll take my chance with some side effects. But. If Novavax doesn't get approved, that thing could be $150 stock or less. So there is risk involved with that. I personally think it's going to get approved eventually. And I think, you know, there is a gap between the Moderna market cap and the Novavax market cap. But again, we've said Moderna's best of breed, it seems like, in in firing on all cylinders. I'm more inclined to buy the Moderna dip, which kind of got erased yesterday, as opposed to coming in here and taking a flyer on Novavax. Yeah, and then some. Someone in chat mentioned Novio. It's just in in the same camp as Novavax, Novio, INO, right? Uh, lower price stock hasn't gone yet. They don't even have a vaccine. But if they were to get it, who, who knows? Really, um, uh, I, I'm just finding it odd that these vaccine stocks, the ones that have vaccines, are they've all got they've all ripped one at a time. For some reason, I don't know. I just find the whole thing weird. But but you, let's go back to your point. Before. I I, I just want to expand on that though. That yeah. was a good point too. Like I think what you're seeing, Spencer, is the vaccines. You're at a point where you know Canada. We're at a point, and obviously they can talk about a third shot. But I think it's something like 82 percent, or you know, or eight, almost 80 percent are fully vaccinated now. It's a high 70s, anyways. Um, you're getting a point where the people who want to get vaccinated are vaccinated. So now it's going to be. You know, they're going to get a few stragglers that are going to come in, but it's about the therapies now, because you know what, if we're at vaccine, you know, where people are pretty much, you know, we're, 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 we're maximizing what we're going to get out of that. Now it's about, okay, if people are still going to get sick, how are we going to make these people better? And it's Regeneron, potentially Gilead, potentially the therapy drugs that are lagging for that reason. But now they're coming on because we already went the vaccine route. Now we're going to have to go the therapy route because you know what people inevitably are, some people are going to get sick. And they're going to need help. And it seems like the Regeneron drug helps that. So I think that's why you you saw Regeneron and Gilead lag to a certain extent. Although the Gilead drug, I'm not sure if they've got that improved or not. But there's still, you know, the jury's out on whether that one helps or not. But it appears the Regeneron does, one does. So I think that's why they didn't move off the bat, but they're moving now. Yeah. Just real quickly for Moderna out there, uh, nice rebound yesterday. We talked about the 350, actually went to 349. 
You're clearing a pair of highs right here at 406.30. Important to hold that, but uh, it kind of looks like maybe you want to get half of this move back. I just figured it out. It comes really closer to 423 if you're looking for you know the rebound on the bounce, not necessarily have an expectation for it to go back up to 497.500. So area of interest, if we can hold that double top from last Wednesday, or yeah, what was that? Today's Wednesday, last Thursday and Friday. I look for a 423, 424 target, short-term target, Moderna. Um, and to Dennis's point, before I brought it back to the vaccines, uh, he was going on to talk about the small caps and, and, and the Russell. And, and the, yeah. the point that I made when we, before we came on was I, I never used to look at the Russell components every single day, so I don't know if this is always the case. But it, it does seem like every day now when I look at it, uh, there was always there were always three, four, five stocks down you know, 20, 25%. Uh, again, I don't know if that is normal because I'd never looked at the Russell every day prior to like the last few months, um, or at least the individual components of the Russell every day. So I don't know, maybe that is normal, um, but it just, if it's not normal, then 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 that's that's a new thing that's happening. But maybe I, it is. It's so in the chat, maybe you can correct me. I think there's some stocks that are always going down, but it, it, it is a lot of stocks going down as of late. You yep. know, somebody in the chat was saying they were down on, you know, two days ago and the SPY was up. They were down 21 out of the 24 stocks. Oh, sure. You know what? It's the IWM is such a better indicator for the overall market here right now. Um, you know, even when I'm hedging now, I'm somewhat I've been using IWM a little bit more than using SPY because it seems like I'm just, you know, if Apple and Amazon or Google, or Facebook are up, SPY's holding on. And then you've got other stocks that are down 1%, but here you got SPY down 0.1%. Today is a weird day because you have a lot of stocks actually bouncing a little bit today, and IWM is actually flat. But the last three days, like look at look at the difference. Even we've we've talked about this, but look at the difference in the last month between IWM and SPY. Yeah. S and P's are right up at the highs. You know we're knocking on the door of all time highs here once again. You've got the Q's um, not too far off, and then you have IWM that's significantly off. That's a better tell for the overall market. It the overall market has not been that nice in the last month and a half. Here, I'll, I'll bring up my, my screen that I, I just put up all three charts at the same time. And let's let's just zoom out. Oh, on nice. Let's just zoom oh, out. That's good. Let's just zoom out. This is all right. Here we go. Uh, yeah, this is since April, right? We'll just go. We'll pick an arbitrary time, whatever. There since, you go. Since April. There you go. IWM is down. Or is that minus? Is that a minus? Or it's up? 2%? No, it's up 2%. <laughs> yeah, but Q's are up 17%. And Spy's up 14%. Thank you, Mega Caps. Thank yeah. you, Mega Cap Tech. Q's telling you that. MegaCap hey. Tech has been leading the way. I know Amazon has not been one of those, but Microsoft, Apple, Facebook is right you know, up there. Google is right up there. That's been your that's been what's been holding up the overall market. The real story here since April is your average stock is basically not up at all. Right. Hey, Ray, real real fast, can I bring on a quick special guest, surprise guest? Sitting yeah. right sitting right next to me. Yeah. Everyone say hi to the Brenster. Holy cow. Brent, what's up? What's up, guys? Holy what's going macro, on, man? Not Wait. much. I'm in office today. I'm going to be uh, emceeing the the opening, the reopening summit. Getting nice. kicked off in a half hour here. That's yeah, fun. yeah. I uh, I was in. I, I was snooping around on Saturday. I was uh, downtown, and I came into the office, and uh, I looked at the Brentster wall there of uh, computers. Did you have I to know. fire those things up? It's sad over there. It's just disheveledness. There's just a <laughs> array of things. Very sad. 
Ah, it's great to see you, man. Have uh, I have fun. We'll have to we'll have to catch up here soon. I gotta come and see the new dog. Do you got any teases like a stock or anything? Like, for oh the man, I mean, like for the uh, you're, you're exactly are gonna summit. be yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a ton of uh, real estate companies. Obviously, a lot of reads. Certainly, certainly impacted. So yeah. I'm gonna be interested to see how they're having to change their models, how they're having to try to innovate. Um, yeah, there's like five or six REITs today. And do you got any REITs tomorrow, Spence? I got some REITs. I'm, I'm emceeing tomorrow. I got some REITs tomorrow as well. Spence, so. or, uh, Brent, what's your shirt say? Oh, man, this is the uh, look. It's at the corner of Wall Street in Woodward, Benzinga. Woodward, we got Woodward right here. Spence looking out on Woodward. Get yes. it? Corner of Woodward. Woodward Where, where's my shirt? Yeah. Uh, so Joel, if you so came into the office, here. you 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 could get some. We have some. Where, where are they? Where are the boxes? I could have roughed like through along, the boxes uh, over there. Along you, got the, any, you got any extra? Man, if I would have known that. Got any extra larges? <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I was listening to you guys earlier. You guys had a nice little discussion. Dennis, I liked your your points on the expectations for those some of those sympathy moves like Home Depot and Lowe's, and the one that you didn't mention that I wanted to ask you about is the uh, the good old toy the good old toy trade Mattel and Hasbro. Those are two that I trade and pair together a lot. And you know, obviously, over the years, Hasbro has definitely eaten Mattel's lunch. Star Wars. But in the last little while, Mattel has held on for pretty well. When are they due to report? When's Hasbro and Mattel? Um, did they already that? report? Hit the calendar. Did they, they report? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they already reported. They get lost in the, you know, yeah. when we get in those 250 earnings days. Yeah, they're already out. Right. Yeah. Hey, Brester, before we let you go, I know you you got some 830 numbers. I just wanted, uh, uh, and I know I always bring this up and it's boring, boy, but we were just talking so much COVID and so much Delta variant and everything. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I'll never forget in like second week of February, Brent pulled me over and he goes, man, the news flow is different. He's like, he's like, this is like, this is getting super serious. And we've been talking about it earlier. And I believe that was my last day in the office. That was like this. <laughs> I, I freaked Joel out good. Uh, he like, he pulled me over and he's like, man, this dude. So how is this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the news flow with this? I kind of like Dennis and Spencer are going back and forth and talking about all the drug stocks and everything. And, you know, you hear all these things like what do you like what you you see all the news from everyone all over the world. You see these companies. I mean, you know, where are you at on it now? Are you concerned level? And Joel, I, I think about these things in the context of a discussion you guys would have. So, like, I've been, you know, anxious to find a day to pop on and and talk to you guys about it a little bit. I think that what's happening right now is I think it's one of the first times in the last year, year and a half where, and not right now, but you know, over the last like month or two, the, the um, difference there, there's a discrepancy in what like main street expectations are and people are, you know, starting to get worried about Delta or have been worried about Delta and starting to get a little offended by, by mask mandates and stuff like that. 
And from a market perspective, when I'm talking with friends about this, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's, you know, pe- normal people, not investors that are, that are thinking about this. But in my opinion, the market never expected us to be fully reopened right now. Never expected us to, you know, I, there was always the booster. The booster was always the thing. If we, if we didn't know what was going to be the result, if we needed a booster or not, I think that the market wasn't able to price it in. So, you know, uh, I, that's why I think the, the Delta variant hasn't really had the same impact that it's having on Main Street because I think investors never expected, you know, something different than what's happening right now, unfortunately. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Brent Slava will be emceeing the reopening conference, day one of the reopening conference today. Coming up next, Brent, Woo! great to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Go, go back on over there and get set up, cool. and then uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Later, everybody. See, you, right. see I, I knew you guys you guys would like that. Yeah, no, it's great to see the Brentster. Great to see the Brentster. Brent is the head of our news desk, guys. Just say FYI. If you don't know Brent, he's the head of the Benzinga news desk. Um, been here longer than me. And uh longer than most people, I would say. <laughs> okay. He's actually been here longer than me and Joel. I think he's been here longer than you and Joel, actually. Yeah, no, no, he, when did we no, come in here? No, he came in, he came in just after. Just uh, after. The Brentster was before we, me. No, we, no, he wasn't, Dennis. You don't it was, uh, Hold on. Pre-market, I mean, it was called pre-market info back then. When did pre-market info start? 2012 or 2013? 2013. I 2013. I, I joined on October 26th, 2012. It was, I remember we, that. We were there at 12. We were there. We were doing the show. Well, we were talking with Jason. You guys we were, were doing, doing the show, show like on your own thing. We were doing right? it on our own then. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk Those about the days. Those were the days. Don't talk about the technology. Hey, if, if anybody ready. wants a good for for pre-market prep fans oh, no. specifically, go back in Benzinga's YouTube on the YouTube channel. You can sort uh actually you can you sort by no actually, oh really? Did well you, I I I made the playlist you, private. Oh Spence. <laughs> there's like some old this this oh, is recent oh. Spence. I did it like a few months ago. I went back oh, and I watched a pre-market info show from like 2013. Oh, and it was bad. it was rough, but it was it was good. It it's was informational, fun. but it was it's not smooth. <laughs> you guys are more refined now, let's just say. <laughs> We've, we've come a long way from Southfield to Detroit. We've We're come still a long way. way. Yeah. Go. All right, gentlemen. All right. Take thanks, care. Thanks a lot, Brent. Later. Joe yeah, Morales. If you, if you want to go back uh, in the in the uh, the archives, you, you can do that. Uh, thanks a lot, Brent. Um, Eight thirty-four. There's a lot we didn't get to today, but I want to bring Gil on here. So let's do it. Gil Morales is the author of the Gilmo Report. Runs Virtue of Selfish Gil. Bright and early. Good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're, we're doing good, I think. Good. You sound consider. like you are. I mean, you're all having a good time over there. Well, we try, right? I mean, I was thinking somebody said it's been a long trip or something like that. And I'm, I'm reminded of the Grateful Dead song, the way this market has been since last <laughs> March. It's like, what a long, strange trip it's been. Um, so whatever happened to Sweet Jane? Anyways, or what she's is now, she's now Arc March. Lady. We were What's just that? doing an exercise right before he came on comparing the S&P and the Qs to the IWM. IWM uh-huh. is essentially flat over the last five months, and you got the Qs are up yeah. 18%, and SPY's up 16%. We know what's held that up. It's mega cap tech. Right. Um, right. What are your thoughts here? I mean, is there a catch up trade of the small caps oversold? What, how are you approaching this market? Well, I've been treating it mostly as a tactical type of market where I'm swing trading long and short, depending on what the setups are, but they tend to be contrarian. 
And I think I was with Joel on, on his show in the afternoon on July 13th. And if you look at a chart of the queues, I don't know if you guys can bring up my screen if you want to. Sure. You yeah, go ahead and share it on the bottom, the bottom Let's there. See I can. Let's see. How do I do that? Uh, there, there's share. that big, big share screen button. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Share screen. All right. So make sure you uh, share the right one there, Gil. Don't show, don't, don't show us your account my, number. My, take my porno page off? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Actually, or, or do show us your account number. <laughs> uh. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Boom, boom. Let's see. There we go. All right. So here you have the cues. And I was on with uh, Spence on the 13th, which would have been right here. Wait, not seeing it. Not seeing it. Uh-oh, so, you're not seeing my screen? screen then you got to probably pick the screen. You, you got to like select right, it. Hang on, on. Hang on. Let me, get, let me get back there. I'm going to click like OK or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're excited. Share Drum audio. Roll. Do I you, share you, the audio? No, no, you don't. You don't have. To. You just pick the screen of the window, and then you select it, then you click share, and then. Let's do. Uh, I'll share the entire screen. So okay, I clicked on that, and now what do I do? You click, click share. There's like a, a blue button on the bottom, right? Um, like, like in uh, that. I'm just gonna go. Window. Let's go here. How's this? Um, pop up window. There's like a blue button. There you go. That? All right. So you. You're looking at my charts there. There's my code screen. What do we got? So yeah. You can see all my short positions on the left side there. Um, okay. Anyways, on, on the 13th, that would have been right here. So if I use my little pen over here, uh, that's the 13th right there. And as I told Spence at the time, I was going short. And I went short. And you broke down over the next several trading days until you hit the 19th, which was that Monday where you saw the Dow down 900 points, right? And so what I was seeing at that time, you guys still there? Yeah, no, we're, we're, here. We're, okay. yeah we're here. We got you. Got you. <laughs> I never know with my technology. Uh, I got this old uh, headset I'm wearing, you know, it's like the size of my head. In any case, so you broke down. And if you look around, if I look at some of these stocks, you can see, you know, you look at something I was short at that time was Western Digital. And you can see what happened here is you broke hard from the 14th here down into that Monday. And then once you got down in here, you're undercutting this low down over here on the left side. And once you, you catch that, now I'm covering, okay? And you saw that across the board. And I mean, I'm talking about like everything that I was working on the short side. Look at Snap. Snap broke down and I was getting short, actually short off the peak here because you have a failed breakout. So you can see here, you know, this is how breakouts work in this market. They break it out, it noodles around and then bam, they whack it. So I'm getting short here on the day I'm talking to uh, Spence. So it breaks down and you come down for three, four, five days and then you get that climactic uh, low. So if everybody was thinking about getting short on that Monday when the Dow was down 900, from my perspective, based on the stocks that I'm looking at, I'm looking to cover. OK, so th that's not the point where you're getting short. The time to get short was right when I told Spence I was getting short because uh, I am such a genius. But in any case, you have, uh, you have it come down. And what I see on that day, on that, that was Monday, Monday. And, and Tuesday, every single stock in the market is pulling at what I call an undercut and rally, where it undercuts a prior low like that, and it turns back through that low. And so what I do is flip long, and boom, there you go. I didn't hold this through earnings, but you got a, a viable gap up. But what is that? That's a big gap up breakout. Where is it gone? Well, it's gone nowhere. So what happens is you have a, a breakout attempt, what's that, six days ago, last week. It reverses, busts a 10-day line. Now we're headed back below the 20-day line. So it looks to me, from a stock perspective, I just go with that. You know, what are the stocks telling me? And they've been telling me to be short. And, you know, I can pretty much go across the board here with some of these. You look at AMAT over here. And, of course, what you have here, again, look at the same thing. This is the, the this was the 13 somewhere in here. Let me. 
can't see my dates up here. Hold on a second. Pull this guy up a little bit. There we go. And you can see the 13th was, uh, well, there's a, there's a 13th and the 14th. It reverses here. You break hard. And you undercut this low, these lows in here. And boom, you're right back to the upside. Now, this tries to break out. It noodles sideways for a while. And then you start to break down last week. And then, bam, you're back at the lows. And you're seeing that pretty much across the board in so many stocks. You can see stocks that are trying to break out. You look at something like Roku. This has been another good short. But what is it? It's a double top. You can see the two tops here, the one on the left, the one on the right. Yeah. And, of course, the one on the right is a big volume breakout. you got a big volume spike there. Let me get a thinner thinner pen here. And then you break down, so you trigger as a short along the 10 and the 20-day line. Now you're down here at the 200-day line, maybe in a cover point, but we'll see how this goes. I mean, at this point, I use the 200-day line as a, as a uh, trailing stop on it at that point. So, you know, that's that's really what's going on in this market. And right now, I, I see a lot of other stocks that could start breaking down. I've been watching some of these clouds because something you'll see in this market is you'll see a group rise up off the lows. So back in May, we saw these clouds and I could probably use this sky ETF, which is a cloud ETF. You can see they all bottomed in May. That would be right here. And you had a lot of patterns that were undercut and rallies, kind of like this ETF at the time. And then they all charged back up to the highs and they've been going sideways since then. When that happened at the exact same time, so hold this, this point right here, mid-May in your, your eye there. And you'll see that at that point, that was when some of these metals that were leading started to roll over, what I refer to as a stuff stock. So those would have been fertilizer. So you're going to see in mid-May uh, here, these start, well, this is a little late on the top, but and it didn't come down as much, but you see some of these other ones uh, doing that. This one topped out in mid-May. So just as these are topping out and rolling over, you're seeing the cloud names, which had been beaten up, turning off the lows and heading higher. So what happens is you have this sort of rotational bifurcation where you'll have one group of stocks that was leading will roll over just as they start sucking everybody in on their relative strength and they're breaking out and all that. Just as they do that, they roll over. And then another group that's been beaten down. So in this case, the cloud software names and, and even some of the techs like Apple came up off the lows at that time. Uh, they start to lead again. And, and yet the net result is that the indexes continue to melt higher, but overall stocks remain this sort of, uh, you know, schizophrenic situation where you have, you know, on the same day I can be long and short something or long something and short something, uh, and, and things are all working. And that's basically what it's all about. You got to pick the right stocks. You got to be in the right stocks at the right time. And you have to understand the character of this market rather than thinking, oh yeah, we're making new highs in the indexes. So it must be a roaring bull market, but it's not. So that's basically what you're dealing with. So looking, uh, let's look right and uh, instead of left here. And, you know, you had a situation where we broke down, we tested the last week's level. And one thing about this market, we've just been churning higher. We're holding, been holding yeah. the weekly lows, making new all-time highs on Friday. We did have two big down openings, you know, one yeah, day. Monday and Friday. We, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, or, 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 yeah and, yesterday. and yesterday we didn't come back, really. No, we didn't. We didn't. So this is, you know, we're in the malaise of August here. I mean, I, I have, you know, my level for the S&P where I think we're going to be a little bit more meaningful correction. And that was right. It matched last week's low. So this is the 44.12 area. We're still 26 handles comfortably above that. What are 
you know, for a turn, for a big move to the downside, I'm not concerned about the upside. What would be an indicator to you, SPY or IWM or QQQs? I, I, I would say you're making a mistake of paying attention to the indexes. I don't okay. watch the indexes. So, you know, if you look at the SPY, okay, if I was going to treat this on a purely technical basis, so forget about whatever is going on with individual stocks and let's just look at the indexes. You made a false high on Monday, right? Okay. Volume looked good. Yesterday, you found support at the 20-day line. That's That green line I show is a 20-day exponential moving average. So you are holding support on the indexes. So, you know, over on Virtue of Selfish Investing, which is the other website I do with my colleague, Dr. Chris Catcher, who's a fellow former O'Neill portfolio manager, his market direction model, which is solely based on the indexes, is still on a buy signal. And, and I think if you're going to play this market long, the most consistent way to do it based on the trends that I'm seeing, and, and you know you can see this, this steady trend here in the SPY, uh, is to just play it with ETFs. So if you're just playing it with ETFs, then yeah, you're right. It's, it's a bull market. It's an up, uptrend. If we start to see this break the 20-day line, then you're probably going into a short-term correction. But the one thing you're going to notice very quickly here is that the 50-day line in uh, the S&P is, is consistent support. So, you know, if we reach a point where we actually break that, then maybe you're in a full on correction. But by the time that happens, I'd already be well short for several days, I would hope. And the stocks that I'm short are busting pretty nicely. So, you know, by that point, I think it would be pretty obvious. But that would be the major thing to look for, I think, if you're asking, since you're asking, uh, in terms of a big technical breakdown. Wait, Gil just said the magic words. He said, if you're playing this market with ETFs, it's a bull market. Yeah, baby. It's on top. It is. The most consistent is SPY. Yeah, you got it. And then you can throw in, you know, what, 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 do we got? what else do we have? We have, uh, let's look at the Qs over here. The Qs are losing a little momentum. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've been flat here, but they're holding up. But there's, it's still in an uptrend. It's not, it doesn't even really break the 20-day line. You know, the last correction we had when the SPY hit the 50 day this thing just hit the 20 day and it held up pretty well so yeah and so my colleague uh, chris catcher is having a good time with his market direction model just playing the etfs but i would argue that you make a lot more money if you pick the right stocks at the right time you know one of my favorites over the last you probably months, do you probably do it's just oh like, you definitely it's do, just a lot know? harder it's but, but the flip side is you can lose more money too if you're wrong so yes <laughs> that's it that's the flip side um like can, can you drop us like um Drop us like a ticker or two that, that, that's on your radar here today. That, 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 today? That you're watching close, yeah. Yeah, that's like asking me which car won the Indy 500 after the race. But, yeah, I mean, things I'm watching. I mean, I noticed you guys talking about Home Depot. So, <laughs> uh, and that, you know, that gap down after earnings. So, I don't, I, I don't know who it was saying they bought it off the I mean, if you bought this off the lows, okay, great. You're up a percent and a quarter. Okay. so But to me, it looks like it might just turn into a short along the 50-day line, but we'll have to see because you could come up and fill the gap. So that might work as a long trade. But I, I agree with Dennis 100%. You know, you don't want to buy strength. You want to buy weakness if that's what you're looking to do. Great example of that is this is one on my radar is Square. And this is also, I'm going to shrink this a little bit. You can also see the double top type of setup here. So you have top here and you get a breakout here and the volume is pretty good. So if you're a and uh, can slim IBD type investor, which personally I think that's a, a fool's game these days. Uh, you're buying it here, you know, and I'm shorting it there. And once it breaks the 10 day line, it's a short. Now you're breaking the 20 day line here. It held below the line yesterday and it may be in a shortable position or, or if it flips back above the 20 day line, it could flip back to a long. And I'm completely open to either outcome. You know, sometimes I may be testing 
testing the stock both ways on the same day before it finally resolves one way or the other. But this is one on my radar right now. Um, yeah. Another one to look at, Avalara. This is a infinite PE cloud stock. And again, you're going to notice it's a double top. And you run into the high here at 180 and you roll back from there. So, you know, sometimes if I see something doing this, I will watch an intraday and I use my five minute 620 chart. That's uh, not that one, but uh, this one here. I just I call it six, the screen. 620. <laughs> I got it. Oh, you so got it again? Got it. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's my chart. I'll use this five minute chart to time entries. But sometimes I will, uh, you know, try to pick them off along the peak. But once you break the 10 day line in here, I'll start to short it and you're running into resistance along the 10 day line. So, Uh, this may turn out to break down, you know, it may break down from here. I'm noticing the futures heading lower. You can see them over here, NASDAQ yeah. down 1750. I'm actually long the UVXY for the last few days um, on the turn off the lows. So that's working out pretty well so far. And you only, and, and what I do, if I'm long some things overnight, I get pretty paranoid. You know, we're in an environment where news can hit out of the blue and there's so many hot spots around the globe. There's all the baloney with the COVID all the time, 24-7. Um, And, and with all that, I always keep a little bit of this as a hedge overnight because it's like Brill Cream. Anybody remember Brill Cream, the old Brill Cream commercials? You're dating yourself on this one, Gil. I know I am, but <laughs> go back and look on YouTube and you can find it. Brill Cream, B-R-Y-L-C-R-E-E-M. My mom used to put it in my hair every day when I went to school and it made my hair you know, all stick together. So uh, it's a, it was a little hair cream and they used to say a little dab will do ya. <laughs> um, my mom used to put in a whole handful of it, but yeah, Dad, she had check this out, buddy. So, anyways, uh, so that's all you need if you're going to. That's an old up. one. That's Gil, selective old. perception hey, I, on I, my I, part. I, I turned 62 this month, so you know, cut me a break. Oh, you're still young. Um, I, Gil, I feel like just, I'm 12. Question <laughs> for you: Just you know, obviously you go long short. I go long short too. I'm typically yeah, you're a trader. Um, you like me? We're, we're yeah, I like being long thing. short. Oh. What I've found though in the last like two three months is it seems way easier on the short side like um way more than it was like i mean back in january i'm always long short and it's like i'm getting challenged on the short side and then now it seems like every time we pop in something it's just yeah. another selling opportunity and if you're selling the rips yeah. it seems like you're rewarded very quickly yeah. where if you're buying the dips sometimes those dips continue to dip But it doesn't seem that's like true, it's follow yeah. through. And I don't know yeah, why. But I, I would agree with you 100% there. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like it's a See, lot easier. Like you know, even when they mentioned this. something on CNBC, it was always like, oh, there's been back in January, they'd mention a stock and the stock would pop up because somebody likes it on CNBC yeah. and it would pop up. And sometimes it'd have some follow through. There's like yeah. no follow through to any of those moves, um, no. you know, from just public commentary. Yeah, and they're big volume moves, you know, and, and tr traditionally, historically, you know, volume is is rocket fuel for further upside. In this market, it's more of a contrarian reversal point. Look at <laughs> what 3D did after earnings. Boom. You know, it's a double top. Hey, look at there's that pattern again. Amazing how that works. Right. Um, Disney, when they came out with earnings last, what was that, last Friday? Yeah. They, you know, double yeah. top. You see the Unbelievable. double top. It's almost the easiest too money easy. On the short yeah, side. it's too easy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you wonder, is that telling us something about the market now? But this market's so screwy. My my belief, and I can't prove it because I don't know for sure, you know, who's making the trades. It seems to me like it's all machines and that traditional uh, institutional uh, accumulation by mutual funds, by hedge funds has diminished somewhat. And there is some data to support that. You can go back on YouTube and look at a presentation I made at the Pacific Northwest trading uh, conference or whatever it is, but I posted on my Twitter page before and I talk about that. So uh, 
you know, that that's basically how this market's working right now. And we'll see how this uh, plays out. All right. Uh, Gil Morales is the author of the Gilmore Report. His website is the virtue of selfish investing.com. And he is always a pleasure to talk to you. He's a great follow on Twitter as well. Uh, at uh, at Gilmo Report, um, Gil, I often feel like you're yelling, you're 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 yelling at somebody, but I can never quite figure out who you're yelling at on, on your Twitter account. Maybe <laughs> it's all the people he's following. I'm yelling. Maybe. I don't follow anybody. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost up to thirteen thousand followers now, which is kind of making me nervous. Who are you yelling at, Gil? Please, it's I, I'm always I yell at myself all day long. So, <laughs> so that's what I. my wife asks me. It's like, who are you yelling at? It's like, oh, I'm just yelling at myself. Don't worry. So, uh, all right, thanks a lot, Gil. <laughs> all right, take care, you guys. Great, thanks, Gil. Thanks for getting up early for us. Uh, he's a funny guy. Gil knows a lot. I yeah. mean, you learn from Gil Morales. There's, you know, a lot of people out there that think they know everything. Gil actually does know a lot. <laughs> so he's a good person to follow if you don't follow him. And, you know, he just, like, gets – he's got a good feel for it, too. I mean, he's following his systems. But, you know, this contrarian market that we've been in and selling the rips, like that Disney, that's – you know, think about where we were, where the media was. When Disney was 187 after the earnings report, oh. they're all talking it up. Yeah, you know, Disney, rah, 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 CNBC, they were talking about it all day, talking it up. What happens? Three days later, it gives it all back. And, you, you know, if you're just chasing these rips, if you're buying the stock when it's moving up 4 or 5%, in this market, you're absolutely doing it backwards. You can't be chasing in this market. And I would say, you know, I know people think shorting is evil. Obviously, you know, we're traders and we go both ways. Um, this has been the easier, easier trade as of late. You get these pops on earnings and it's like, ah, we're just going to, you know, it's going to fade again. You know, is Lowe's going to be one of those stories? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, am I buying it up seven, eight bucks? No, because it's been really tough money making money, you know, when a 4% move to get another 4% move, it's been tough. You know, certain stocks, sure, but. We got to, as, as traders, we just got to play what, it, you know, the averages and what's working and what's working has been fading the reps, selling the reps. Uh, Spencer and I, we, we talked about Disney before the report. And, you know, I, the reason I was hesitant going in the report, I'm like, what if these, you know, subscriber numbers ever, ever dip? And it, you know, and I, I was cautious on the stock. Um, it turned out I was totally wrong. The numbers were okay. Right. And they were good and they popped the stock. But look what happened to it. So your your analysis, you can have whatever your analysis want, but let the price action dictate your next move. And just when Gil, because I've taken, you know, I follow what he says very closely, and he, he talks about institutional accumulation. That's when they're bloating up at a level. To me, which it kind of feels like, is you have some institutional distribution. They're getting out of stuff. I mean, look at that 185 level in uh, in Disney. You one, two, three, four, five days in a row, and then poof, you go from 178 back to that area. Those guys just reload, and I see that in other stocks too. Even home before Home Depot fell off the cliff, um, you know, you see, you know, three, four, uh, let's call it six highs above 335. So. And you're not seeing that kind of, I'm not seeing that pattern so much on the downside. So that makes me a little bit more cautious here long-term in the market. It's been a tough market. It's the tail, you know, you you think, and like Gil was saying, you you think with the S&Ps, you know, 
5% off all-time highs here that everything's just ripping and roaring, and it just hasn't been the case. The IWN tells such a more story. It's, it's a stock picker's market. So yes, some stocks come up, but, you know, growth has not done well. Think about Kathy Wood. Some people think she's one of the best money managers in the world. You know, obviously, we don't know if we think that on this show, but, um, you know, 151. So since February, her fund, 159, down to 115. She's down, what is it, 20%? She's down 20% in the last six months. Which one are you looking at? Kathy, ARKK. I mean, you know, they're obviously, you know, a lot of people hold her in very high regard. It's been a difficult market. You know what this is? I'm going to date myself here. Go ahead. This is, and let's see if you guys can figure it out. It's a Morris the Cat market. What? Man. I have heard of Morris the Cat, but I've never seen You're Morris. going off the board here, Joel. He come does. on, guys. Back to the 1930s. No, come on. Yeah. Someone help me. When he was a young buck running around. I bet you within Morris five seconds, someone in the chat, I hope they don't Google it. Come on. Morris the Cat. What famous commercial. Tell us about Morris the Cat. Very finicky. No Very finicky. Very finicky. He's a finicky yep. he, Did he hang out with like Leave it to Beaver and those guys? Is that what? Is that what? No. Uh, no, he was after that. He was after that. It, it was a great commercial. Okay, a, a few people get it. A few people got you. I got it. Okay, let's do some it's more. It's, 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 it's a good word for it. And yeah, I mean, it is. And you know what? The fade trades have been working. It's not just selling the rip. The buy the dip on a certain extent has been working too. If you're in the right stocks, but then you get stocks like this. Real, real. Maybe we should talk this one. This stock has been down. Just death by a thousand cuts if you bought it a month ago at twenty-two. It's like, oh, it's down fifty cents. Oh, it's R- which one? R E A L. Yeah. Look at this. Like, just think about you know if you were you know believer in you know a lot of these growth stocks coming back and you know that you bought this thing back at say twenty or twenty-two dollars in June. It's just been a slow <laughs> death by a thousand cuts. There's not a huge. There was one drop there. It must have been earnings or something. But I mean, it's down fifty cents. It's down fifty cents. And you look at it three weeks later. It's like, holy cow! I'm down like. 25% of that how am I down 25% of that you know I mean it's it's such a tricky market because here you are okay well, I'm going to buy the dip on this real real it's going to come back well 20 19 18 17 16 it has not paid to buy the dip is today the dip to buy like now it's starting to rip up because Karen Feinerman on CNBC you're getting a CNBC pop on this Karen Feinerman last night said she bought some more real real averaging down on her position and that's why it's trading up here this morning but we know some of these CNBC pops have been absolute fades but the thing's massively oversold. I mean, it's been cut in half in a month. So um, you look at a stock like this and you think, is there a potential for, you know, a rebound? Sure. But, you know, it's not just that stock. I mean, look at, you know, Ride, R-I-D-E, from $12 a month and a half ago to 5 bucks. And you think, oh, you know, it's due for a pop. But the problem is the pop now is like, oh, it goes to 6 You know, it's not going back to 10 or 12 all these EV plays are similar stories, a lot of them anyways. I mean, there's just a lot of ugliness in this. Buy an electric LEV, $20, yeah, $12. They, 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 all, they all look bad. I just want to learn a lot learning a lot about our chat here. Laura Jam says Morris the Cat was the Thurston Howell the third of cats. I want you to know, Laura Jam, I understand that reference. Just, but we are learning a lot about our chat today, I think, and, and our age demographic. But it is 8.59, guys. We got to wrap it up. Any final thoughts before we, we end the show today and move on over to the reopening stock summit? Final chasing. thoughts. I'm not chasing anything. So don't chase. Wait for the stock price to come to you. If you've got a stock you like, wait for a dip. It seems to always get another chance. Just like Moderna, you know, two weeks ago, you know, was everybody's talking. It went from four, 350 to 450. What's it do? Comes all the way back in and gives you another chance. So, I mean, this market... 
if you think you missed the, the the train, it always seems like they're stopping at the next station for you. And again, another chance. So it does not pay to chase in this market. Back last year, a year ago, it was paying to chase. It does not pay to chase now. And typically in trading, it never pays to chase. We were just in a, such a rip-roaring rally um, a year ago that everything was working. And now it's not the case. So now you got to be more selective. You got to pick your points. You know, I love Gil, Gil Morales, the undercut and rally where, you know, you take a little support, you stop a few people out, and then it turns around and starts going the other way. Oversold tends to, you know, has more, is more inclined to be bought as opposed to, you know, the strong getting stronger and the weak getting weaker, which we've saw happen for a number of years. It's now just chop, chop, slop, finicky, whatever you want to call it, but it's not the market to chase in. All right, I'm, I'm wrapping it up, everyone. Uh, okay, I'm going to hop over to Market, market Plus and yes, cover all these symbols. We missed a lot of symbols today. I'm sorry. NVIDIA reports tonight. Robin reports tonight. Joel, Dennis, see you guys later. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.